The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. It's time for a different take on spirituality for the modern world. Welcome to Big Universe with Jim Lefter and Reverend Raymond Anderson. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Big Universe on Unity Online Radio. I'm Jim Lefter, kind of a spiritual journeyman kind of guy and media producer. I run a website called youthrivehere.com, and I'm here with the ever-irreverent Reverend Dr. Raymond Anderson the Senior Minister for the Center for Spiritual Living, Greater Baltimore. How you doing, Raymond? Bien, me too. Si, yo estoy bien. <laughs> Estupendo. <laughs> yo no hablo mucho español y es muy, muy mal. Ah. <laughs> okay, so uh, what, do we, what do we want to do? Uh, oh, Japanese? Konnichiwa, o genki desu ka? Um... Hibachi? Is that, is that Japanese? Yeah, I'm not messing with you today. So what's you up? You are. You are. <laughs> did, did you hear that vinyl for the first time is going to outsell CDs? It's like since 1986. Are you serious? Yes. What? Yeah, it's, it's this about whole, a comeback. I know. It's this whole collector's thing, you know? Wow. Well, so, I'm telling you now, uh, bell bottoms and platform, uh, no, I'm just, no. I'm going to let that keep on going. <laughs> I so see you in those. <laughs> yeah, of course you do. <laughs> I so see you in those. The little hat with the floppy and the, yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> I have to find my corduroy pants. Oh, here he goes. <laughs> I don't think I've worn corduroy since I was nine. <laughs> You're missing out? Yeah, I'm good. Can you even get corduroy pants anymore? Probably not. <laughs> but but I would have said that about vinyl not too long ago. So well, that's true. That's true. Never know. All right. Are you ready to to fight it out on dueling inspirations? Yes, sir. You can go first this time. Knockout, drag out, fight. As always, mm-hmm. inspirations should be. <laughs> of course. <laughs> All right. I, I've actually got two for you. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. Two for the All price right. of one. Two for the price of one. All right. The first one. It doesn't matter about money. Having it, not having it, having clothes or not having them, you're still left alone with yourself in the end. Mm. Mm. Napoleon Hill. You know what? It's the philosopher Billy Idol. Whoa. Look at you pulling out the classics. (laughs) (laughs) Showing my age, perhaps. Okay. Your second one? My second one. 
Wealth is the ability to fully experience life. Henry David Thoreau. No, oh, I was going to say Oprah Winfrey. Cool. She does that too. Um, she does that too, I think. Um, we'd love, if, if anybody has contact with Oprah, she's very welcome to come on our show. Amen. Six degrees of separation. Somebody listening to this knows her. Knows somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody that knows her. Well, you know what we need to do for that? We need to shout it, shout it out loud. Yes, let's attract it. That's, that's one of the things we can put out there. You're absolutely right. We'll talk with Victoria about that. Yes. Okay, so you ready? I am. A full cup cannot receive anymore. There are some minds so full of false beliefs, opinions, and weird and grotesque concepts of God that it is impossible to insert anything new, vital, and constructive. Ooh, who's that? Joseph Murphy from oh. How to Use the Laws of Mind. You know, I almost, I almost quoted Joseph Murphy myself. I, I love his stuff right now. I'm really into uh, his, his philosophy. Yeah, you and me both. Cool stuff. Very cool. So audience, what do you think? Who won this great battle of, of quotes and music? I did. I did. Yeah, that's what I said. I did. <laughs> I, you agree with me i did <laughs> <laughs> well we're all one so we did if there's one is it appropriate to say one is we can one be a we can we, we can we can be one when talking with english <laughs> language otherwise we get confused i get confused so you mean we get confused oh you're, I so, was we. <laughs> you're still confusing me <laughs> It's all good. <laughs> so this has all been a clue that we'll be talking to Victoria Gallagher today about her different take on the law of attraction in her interview today. I'm really excited about that. And now it's time for a new segment with Sarah Bowen. Spiritual Moment with Spiritual Rebel, Sarah Bowen. Hello, Big Universe listeners. This is spirituality author and teacher Sarah Bowen with a new segment for you. Because Jim and Raymond endeavor to give you tools you can use, they invited me to share with you a spiritual moment, drawing on insights from new thought as well as the world's other wisdom and spiritual traditions, and of course, some pop culture. For this first moment, the guys tossed me three seemingly unconnected words, corduroy, vinyl, and abundance. The combination of corduroy and vinyl transported me in front of an open album jacket for the first vinyl I ever bought the original movie soundtrack from Star Wars. Without on-demand video, DVDs, or a driver's license, my only access to this inspiring galactic myth of hope was playing John Williams' score over and over. That record, its vinyl collecting a few skips, its jacket eventually tattered, stayed with me for almost 25 years, through three states and a half-dozen jobs. It influenced my theology, my belief in hope, and my understanding of friendship. And then one day, it seemed my life was headed for a light-speed crash fueled by illness, stress, addiction, and overwork. Having sold our home, we were busy loading a moving truck that was much too small and our belongings too abundant. Some things weren't going to make the cut. Overwhelmed and over-emotional, in a minute of frustration, my crates of prized vinyl were put in the pile to leave behind. As I recovered from that crash, I had to redefine what success and abundance meant for me 
and to discover how generosity would become the key to my healing. There's a quote from one of my favorite spiritual rebels, Myrtle Fillmore, that I'd like to offer before we launch into our practice. True prosperity is not making money or developing property. It is determining what our individual soul requires in order to cause it to unfold more and more of God, and then how to harmonize its expression with the needs of our fellows so that all are really benefited and inspired to unfold and express more of their inner spiritual resources. Abundance and generosity are necessarily linked. If they aren't, then abundance becomes at risk of turning into greed. So let's take a moment to sink into this with a mashup of affirmative prayer and meta, based on a blessing from one of my other favorite spiritual rebels, John Robbins. Here's how it works. Tune into the flow of life force within yourself. Place your hands on your chest softly. Feel the beating of your heart. Take a deep breath. Feel the expansion and contraction of your lungs. Imagine a long line of people stretched out around the world like a giant I'd like to buy the world a Coke ad. Among the two-legged humans past the Earth's other creatures. The four-leggeds, the six-leggeds, and the slithering the finned and the winged. Feel the energy emanating from your hands. Then grasp your hands together to complete this giant circle of life. Repeat these words after me, either aloud or silently, your choice. May all be fed. May all be healed. May all be loved. And so it is. Thanks for joining me today. For more info on Creating Spiritual Moments and my book Spiritual Rebel, go to spiritual-rebel.com slash universe. And may the source be with you. All right. Yes. So, Raymond, you ready to uh, move on? Yes, sir. We're ready to talk with our guest, Victoria Gallagher, author of Practical Law of Attraction. Uh, let me give you a little introduction. First off, you know, we can all use a little more prosperity in lives, or maybe it's more about accepting the abundance that's around us. I may be getting a clue from reading her book. I don't know. Um, but uh, let me read you part of Victoria's bio. Victoria is a worldwide leader in hypnotherapy, a best-selling author, international speaker, life success coach, and renowned author on the law of attraction, uh, renowned authority on the law of attraction. She's dedicated <laughs> her life and author. She's dedicated her life to empowering people all over the world to successfully live a life of liberty aligned with their dreams through her effective med through her I can do this through her effective <laughs> meditative recordings and online courses. She's the author of the book Practical Law of Attraction: Align Yourself with the Manifesting Conditions and Successfully Attract Your Desires. She also hosts the podcast, The Power of Your Mind, available on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music. Hi, Victoria. Welcome to Big Universe. Hi, Jim. Thank you. Thank you for having me on Big Universe. Yay, it is a, team. <laughs> it, it is a pleasure. It is a pleasure. So I have one uh, question I'd like to start off with, if that's sure. okay. Sure, definitely. Um, can you make me rich immediately now, please? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Let me just look uh, for my magic wand and pull that out of, 
you know, and uh, yeah, here we go. You're rich. No. Can I get a PayPal? <laughs> I can give you my PayPal account. <laughs> yeah, let me let me send those those funds right over to you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so, it is. You know, it, it it really comes down to: Did you believe that? Did you believe that I would say yes, or would you believe that? I would say no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to sit with that for a little bit. <laughs> There's a meditation right there. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> exactly. So all kidding aside, you have a really interesting take on the law of attraction. Um, you're, in your book, you talk about, if I'm getting this right, that the idea of sort of following a blueprint isn't exactly the way to go. A lot of people, you know, are introduced to the law of attraction and it's kind of, they, they see it as kind of a magical thing. Mm -hmm. But it's actually it's actually more detailed and well not detailed but there are several more factors that you talk about that are involved in that and um, I, I wanted to ask you first off uh, for people who might not be familiar with the law of attraction what exactly is that from your perspective? So the law of attraction is really a fancy way of saying that you get whatever you focus on, whether negative or positive. And so the thing is, is that ultimately, if you continue to think about, feel about, take action on, believe at a deep subconscious level, act upon inspiring ideas, if you continue to do that toward whether these are things that you desire or things that you fear, you will eventually get whatever you are focusing your attention and energy and awareness on. It's just, it's just a law of nature. You attract the things, the situations, the people that are in alignment ultimately with your energy vibration, with your thoughts, with your feelings. And so, like you said, it's not a step-by-step, -step, well, first I have to do this, and then I have to do this, and then I have to do that. It's not really a step-by-step -step approach. It's being in alignment with all of these factors or conditions that set us up to attract the things that, to attract our reality. Um, you know, whether that be our thoughts, our feelings, our, um, you know, our, our energy vibration, and the actions that we're taking. We have to align ourselves. And so it's kind of like, I might be in alignment with taking action. And so I'm already doing that. And that's like step seven, let's just say, but I may be taking action and I'm not even really sure exactly what it is that I desire. I might be taking action on something that my parents told me that I was supposed to do and be when I grow up many, many years ago. And I haven't even really thought about what it is that I truly desire. So in order to even have those, those actions manifest into something you desire, you need to get in touch with that. So there's a lot of different conditions that ultimately you need to align yourself with as a being in order to create the life that you want to manifest. So I'm going to put it out there right now. I love you already because right there you have broken down and I already know you've blown some people's minds. <laughs> you know, you know those folks that are stuck on the whole law of attraction. If you ask, if you believe and you receive, it's like, well, wait a minute. Like you just said, there has to be the, the aligning and the active part of it. You have to do stuff. So I just want to say thank you very much for going there. 
You're welcome. Absolutely. And there's so many, there, there's a lot of attraction gurus out there that I think bring a really positive message into the environment. At least it gives people hope and it gives them this idea that we are responsible based on our thoughts and our feelings. But a lot of times, sometimes it gets left out that, yeah, you do have to you do have to take action. You're not going to be able to sit on your beanbag chair all day in your house and meditate and bring about, <laughs> call the genie <laughs> into your awareness and boom, I have everything I ever wanted. <laughs> I am throwing out that beanbag chair. It was been here since the 80s and I'm, I'm done with it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You mentioned um, Phineas Quimby in your book, and I thought that was that was interesting because I hadn't seen anybody really reference that. Um, and this is a new thought audience we tend to reach here. So um, tell me a little bit about how Law of Attraction reaches back to Phineas Quimby. Well, Phineas Quimby basically was, um, you know, in the spirit in the spirituality world, and he he came down with. A, an illness. And I'm trying to remember exactly what the illness was um, when I was doing all my research and kind of going back there. But he came down with an illness and he realized that he could heal himself through what they thought was magnetism, what they thought was some other energy that was outside of himself. And he worked uh, alongside with uh, Franz Anton Mesmer, who actually coined the term mesmerism. And that's where it's, that's where hypnosis and law of attraction are very much linked together. And a lot of hypnotists actually deny there is such a thing as law of attraction. And a lot of, you know, law of attraction people are not really using the power of hypnosis to bring this together. And I've brought the these two things together because they really are connected. But anyway, after it was discovered that it really wasn't this outer magical magnetic thing that was being used to heal people, it really was something that was in his own mind, then that it, he actually kind of stumbled upon it by mistake and he was, he was able to heal himself. And so that is ultimately where the very first teachings uh, outwardly of law of attraction got started. It even goes back to um, Helen Blavatsky, who wrote a book, and it was the very, very first time that the words law of attraction were actually ever written about in a book. And, uh, you know, that's a pretty... Um, pretty long-winded book, so I haven't gone through every word of that book yet. I I'm, <laughs> I'm really want to read it, um, but it's, it's called something like the Isis or the Isis. Um, not the bad Isis, but the... <laughs> specificity, specificity. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but so, yeah, that, that's, so that's a little bit of the history. So you, I noticed that you mentioned, you know, the joining together of hypnosis and law of attraction so for someone like i'll speak for myself because jim might be a master hypnosis i don't know but like i got you to do this show didn't i <laughs> <laughs> okay 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 i'm gonna stop no but uh for for someone who doesn't know that much about hypnosis and whatnot how does how does someone like me apply both of these principles 
Very good question. So hypnosis is simply the communication between your conscious mind and your subconscious mind. And you know, law of attraction very much responds to the, the thoughts that you have consciously, but more importantly, it responds to the subconscious thoughts. The subconscious thoughts are where all of your filters are that are creating your outward experiences. So whatever you are seeing on the outside world, you're only seeing as very small fraction of what's actually there because you know you have this reticular activating system that ultimately responds to the messages the beliefs in your subconscious mind and it's only allowing you to see like if you think oh all people are selfish or they're bad right it's only going to allow you to actually see those characteristics those qualities about those people or it's only going to attract people who are predominantly that way. So what we have to do is we have to actually get the messages of what we want to have happen deeply ingrained, embedded in our subconscious mind. And that's how you know, hypnosis actually helps you to do that because hypnosis is a, you know, a relaxed state of, uh, of, of conscious awareness and it allows when the mind relaxes, it is more receptive to the information and ideas so that you can imprint the suggestions and the programs that you want to be there. And then eventually those filters will ultimately line up to show you the thoughts, the ideas, the beliefs, the circumstances, the people, the events that need to happen in order to manifest your desire. Thank interesting. You. Interesting. Um, now you mentioned you, you're very specific in your book about eight conditions mm-hmm. that you need to, that, that should be met in order to effectively utilize the law. I'm going to, I'm going to lay them out here. We don't have to go into detail about each one, but maybe sure. you could cherry pick a few of them that you think, you know, we should, we should emphasize, but um, you, the eight conditions you list are desire, thought, imagination, belief slash expect expectancy, feeling slash vibration, creative attraction, inspired action, and manifestation. Exactly. What is, what is when you when you set a desire, what do you mean by that? Is it a specific desire, a specific thing by a certain time? I know some people say that and some people say, well, you just you get a general idea. What do you mean by desire? So when I say desire, I do mean specific. I do mean that you want to focus on a specific thing that you want to have. Now, I caution that being taken as that is exactly what you're going to manifest because let's just say that you had a desire to meet your soulmate and then you get very specific about what you want your soulmate to be. Well, I want my soulmate to weigh 210 pounds. I want him to have blonde hair, brown, blue eyes, um, you know, be six, four play, uh, in the NFL. And, (laughs) you know, if you are that specific, then likely you're going to get very attached to a result because uh, I, 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 th- I say the more specific you are, the more it lends itself to, to being attached to that result. Mm-hmm. So you want to, if you want to manifest your soulmate, 
then you want to maybe have like, okay, well, these are the qualities of the person that I would like to have. And you let up on the specifics of how you're going to meet and exactly, you know, exactly what characteristics that guy, you know, that person, that woman, that man is going to have. Same thing in, you know, I'm just using that as one example. So you want to start, you know, you want to have a specific desire, but you also don't want to be attached to it. Gotcha. So if I'm understanding correctly, you're saying have a very specific energetic uh, blueprint per se, for lack of a better word, rather than a physical um, specificity of what you're seeking to manifest or attract. That's correct. That's correct. Or, and when I say physical, I mean, you know, when you say physical, I mean, that can include also, I mean, if, if you're saying, well, I want to marry a man that is a millionaire or that is a high powered CEO for this company. And, you know, that's getting a little bit too, it's just getting a little in the weeds and, and it's really reducing your chances because you know, the more you narrow your focus, I mean, really just, you know, not, not coming from lack here, but you know, I mean, the, you know, the, the, the more, uh, the more specific, uh, specific you get, you know, the fewer options that you have available. Right. So this is why Christy Brinkley did not come to me earlier in my life. I just, <laughs> I didn't realize things correctly. I was aiming specifically for her, but now I have my wonderful <laughs> wife. So I'm my wonderful wife. <laughs> exactly. Well, and that's and that's the other thing too, is because you mentioned Christy Brinkley. A lot of times, people will try to manifest a very specific person, and I say that we all have free will. So, you you know, you really can't manifest a specific person, or or they want to manifest the person that broke up with them. You know, manifest their ex back. And while you know that does happen, that's a little bit more of a sophisticated manifestation and um you know i manifested my ex back and a lot of people like that i've attracted a lot of people that uh, now want to learn how to do that and when i tell them exactly what i did they refuse to do that <laughs> <laughs> the desire isn't strong enough huh you know the thing was is um i manifested him back i completely let go of him I 100% got it out of my mind altogether that it was ever going to work out with him. And I started to manifest my soulmate. And I just said, I'm an, obviously he doesn't want to be with me or, or get married and do the things that I want. So I said, okay, well, obviously that's the universe telling me that I need to let go of that. And I will paint an image in my mind of a my soulmate and who, you know, how that's going to come about. And, and just every day I just went and visualized and, and really got myself into a real high vibe, real good feeling about it. And three months later, he, my ex came back and we've now been married for 11 years. So <laughs> that's wonderful. We'll be right back with big universe on unity online radio.
all are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to a slightly off-kilter look at spirituality. This is Big Universe with Jim Lefter and Reverend Raymond Anderson. And now here's a minute with Ed Biagioti on abundance. I love abundance because in these new thought teachings, we understand that abundance is ever-present. The thing about it is how much are we or am I letting it into my experience at any moment? The kingdom of God is within. That's what we learned from Jesus. And so it's very important that we spend time each day opening up to that abundance within ourselves, opening up to that feeling of freedom and abundance and where our desires are already real within us every day. There's no, I don't feel like there's any substitute for spending time in that abundant feeling every day because when we do that, we, we automatically begin to express our abundance and receive our abundance. And as Eric Butterworth said, it, it, it becomes, it comes from the expanse of our wholeness, not at the expense of who we are. And that is where true abundance comes from. And remember, Crazy Eddie loves you. You can find me on Instagram at Crazy Eddie loves you. That's E double D Y. Thanks, Ed. We're back on Big Universe on Unity Online Radio, and our guest is Victoria Gallagher, author of Practical Law of Attraction. So, if I may, uh, just as to to put out there, because one of the things you mentioned earlier was how people sometimes get bogged down in their subconscious stuff you know they try to do what mommy and daddy wanted them to do and you know they're operating on um subconscious you know operational things rather than being conscious and intentional so what do you recommend for someone to be clear on their desire how do they know they're desiring what they desire rather than desiring what society you know desires so i actually have an exercise to that's designed to help you to get in touch with what it is that you really want and it actually is a little counterintuitive but it is to pay attention to all of the things that you are complaining about start there because when you have a complaint about something there's an opposite side of that and the opposite side of that is, well, I'm, you know, I'm complaining about whatever it is. Maybe you're complaining about something in your job. Maybe uh, you're in sales and you're complaining that you're getting, uh, you know, customers that don't want to pay on time or, or customers that don't want to buy your services because they think it's too expensive or whatever you're complaining about. Those are clues into what you really want. So you want to pay attention, write down what you're complaining about, and then ask yourself, okay, so what would I like instead? And as you as you come up with the list of things that you do like instead, that's going to ultimately lead you toward moving in the direction of your desire. Cool. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. So um, going down on the conditions list, um, you mentioned creative attraction. What does that mean? Mm, yes. Okay. That's my, one of my favorite ones. So 
I believe there are three levels of mind. We have our conscious mind, everything that we're consciously aware of, and that it's just like kind of where our willpower is. It's a little microscopic part of our mind, about 5%. Then we have our subconscious mind, which is like 95% of our mind. That's where all of our beliefs are stored. It's running our body. It's where all of our memories are, our emotions, all of that. All right. Then there is another mind, which can be referred to um, as the super conscious. And the super conscious is, in my opinion, it's like where all the minds are connected. And it's the place that we go, like if you're a religious person, okay, this is, this might be, this might be God, okay? This might be um, the place where you pray and where you receive your answers from. Some people might call that infinite intelligence or universal intelligence, but that is what I call, I refer to as the super conscious mind. The super conscious mind, if you communicate your desire clearly enough to your subconscious mind, subconscious mind communicates that out to the, let's call it universe, okay, and sends you back ideas, ideas in the form of, you know, hunches, uh, things that you get, feel inspired to immediately act on. So the, that's the creative forces at work. And it's sending you all of the, you ever get those ideas? It's like, hmm, and they just kind of come to you out of nowhere. They might come to you while you're driving. They might come to you during a meditation. They might come to you in a dream. That is the creative attraction. And so that those are the ideas that we really want to act on as in number seven, inspired actions. Not just these these I, you know, these actions that we take that we're forcing ourselves to take. Oh, I should do this, so I'm gonna do that. These are those ideas that are coming in the form of hunches, intuition, and just inspiration. You mentioned the next one that you have on, on your list there, and that's inspired action. Can you talk about that a little bit? Exactly. So just as I was, I was mentioning, so inspired action versus forcing yourself to do something. So, you know, we, we get these, um, you know, these ideas and what I suggest in my book is, you know, in, instead of like waking up and, and doing the same mundane routine that I have to do this and things that I don't want to do. Um, and, you know, you've probably got some things that you just don't like to do. And I'm suggesting you don't have to do those things. There, we don't have to do anything. Everything is ultimately a choice. And so if we can begin to replace some of those must-dos, should-dos, have-dos. We can take a few things, knock those off of our list and spend more of our time acting on the, the things that we really enjoy doing, that we really like, then we're living a life that is a little bit more genuine, a little bit more authentic, a little bit more true to who we are. And I do believe that as we act according to who we really are, doing what we really want, taking those inspired actions, acting on the information that's being given to us during our meditations and, and during those moments where we just get those, those little ideas. When we act on those, we're moving closer to who we really are and, and manifesting our desire. 
Well, there are things that we still have to do in life that we don't necessarily feel like doing. Um, how do you, I, I guess that's different from what you're talking about. I mean, there's, you know, you have to get up in the morning, you have to brush your teeth because, you know, <laughs> Raymond knows when I don't brush my teeth <laughs> when I come to church. He's very upset about it. The whole congregation gets that way, in fact. So, I mean, how do you, what's the, what's the, how, there are things you have to do. So are you saying sort of reframe that? Here's, well, I am going to ask you to reframe that because here's, here's just, I want to challenge that those, there are things we have to do. All right. Now, I understand there are consequences if we don't brush our teeth, okay? And it's probably a good idea for everyone to brush their teeth if they want to be in close contact with people. <laughs> However, think of it like this. You choose to be in close con contact with people. You choose to have all your teeth. You choose to have a good dental appointment, but you don't really have to brush your teeth. It's a choice. It's a, it's a choice so that you don't have to pay those consequences. So coming from that, just that vocabulary, just that language, just changing the language that, um, you know, I, I do choose to do these things. And then the other thing too is, you know, there are those things that you say that you have to do. I would, I question the things that you think that you have to do. Question yourself, ask yourself, because it's, it's like, it's almost like an instant knee-jerk response that we, we say, oh, I have to do this. I have to drive to work every day. Actually, the, you don't. <laughs> you could choose to work at home. <laughs> um, you know, everything ultimately does come down to choices that we that we have they seem like we don't have choices sometimes because it's just so ingrained in us that like yeah of course you brush your teeth like who doesn't do that but when you realize that like every move you make is a choice it empowers you and it frees you up to realize and recognize that hey we we can we can choose and to we can choose to change anything that we believe that we have to do and and all I'm, and and all i'm saying there is simply take one thing off of your must do list and replace that one thing with a choose to do thing as something new because if you don't change the habits and you don't change the behaviors nothing ever really changes, right? Amen. And so we're getting that information from our in inspirations, from our um, ideas and our intuition. So just take that one thing and, and, and replace it with something that you didn't like to do. So thank you very much for that. And so as a African-American gay man, I tend to see spirituality through the filters of you know, how I show up in the world. Mm -hmm. And so I often get in conversations with folks about spirituality and the stuff going on in the world. So if I may ask, what would be your recommendation for how someone can utilize practical principles of the law of attraction to create a world that works for all, you know, uh, to help end racism, sexism, et cetera? That's not a large question, Raymond. <laughs> right, I know. Pressure is on here. That's probably been the most sophisticated 
question that I so far in my career have ever been asked. And I'm actually, I'm thankful and grateful for the, for the opportunity to answer that because it's where this book is ultimately going to lead me is in, into conversations like this. So I appreciate the opportunity and what comes to me and, you know, it's not something that I have spent a lot of time figuring out. But what what occurs to me is number one, we don't have to accept the general generalities that everyone places on whether you know we're black or white or gay or straight or any of that. We do not have to accept those. And so I I tend to really look, I really blur the lines of, of everything. I don't see liberals and conservatives. I don't see uh, gay and straight. I don't see those things. I see spirit and I see energy and I see that we all came equipped with a mind to choose how to think it. And, you know, there are plenty of examples and um, undeniable truths about people of color that are successful and um, have all the things that they want. There's enough of those undeniable truths that that is what's possible. And I choose, you know, whether it's gay, straight, black, white, Indian, I mean, it doesn't really matter when you focus on what you want and you focus on a model of where you want to be, it's the same principle. The same principle is going to apply no matter who you are or, you know, how you grew up. Um, you know, I grew up in, in a family that, um, you know, I was raised by a single mom who was hardly ever home. So I was really raised by my, my grandma. Um, I had, you know, cousins living in my house, they're all upstairs doing drugs and dropping out of school. And, you know, I, um, I was overweight. I thought I was ugly. I had low self-esteem, low self-confidence. There was not a lot of money coming in. And I was one of those people that you would think wouldn't, wasn't going to turn into anything. And, but I, just focused on breaking that mold in and being who I wanted to be. And so I think that the same possibilities are available for everyone. And we can choose to say, we can choose to accept our fight for our limitations, or we can choose to fight for um, and attract what our what's going to empower us and what's going to move us toward our dreams and your, our goals. Does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because so what I heard you say was in, in a different kind of way is the law of gravity doesn't matter if you're gay, straight, black, white, male, or female, the law of gravity is going to do what the law of gravity does. And the exactly. law of attraction does the same thing. Mm -hmm. So you can yes. use the law to fly or fall or whatever, but it doesn't matter. It's a law. Exactly. Thank you for making that much more succinct. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, you talked about 16 qualities, and we obviously can't go into all of them. And I also want to get to a, a few techniques before mm -hmm. we close up. But sure. um, let's just talk about 16 qualities. What do you mean by these 16 qualities? And then maybe we'll dive into one or two. 
Great. So that is a great question. And it's actually, um, I love this interview because you're really, really putting this, you've really studied this book. And so <laughs> it, it's, um, it's refreshing that you're asking me questions because most people, you know, they, they think about the conditions, but I'm not sure if they've gotten as far as the quality. Some people I know have, because I've, I've had people um, you know, ask me questions about it, but the qualities. So I believe that we have some areas that are ultimately creating a little bit of resistance in being able to align our vibration and our emotions and our thoughts with where it needs to be. And so these qualities are what are going to ultimately help grow you into the higher vibrational state that you need to be in. For example, one of my favorites is integrity. And so integrity is all about ultimately, uh, you know, doing what you say you're going to do when you do it and having things, you know, that, that are working in your life. I mean, it, it, there's so many different ways that you can define integrity, but, you know, it's basically, um, being, doing, and seeing and everything is in alignment. And if you say to somebody that, you know, you're going to show up at, and, you know, I was out of integrity. This is why I was so <laughs> embarrassed this morning when I uh, was late for our call. And I completely own that, but I was out of integrity. And so the best way to get yourself into integrity is number one, uh, to own what you know what it was and and to to agree to figure out a way to make that right so that you can get back into integrity because you're never going to have perfect integrity okay but if you are kind of you know doing things and you know that they're not exactly right um, showing up late, not really showing up at all. You are ultimately lying to your subconscious mind. Subconscious mind is always keeping a record. Oh, when she says this, then she does that. And so it takes the same kind of information and it says, oh, when she says, I want to attract this, it's not going to give you the result you want because that's how you do it. That's, that's you know, that's, that's what's normal. I hear you. So um, with uh, with your list, you talk about attitude, awareness, balance, compassion, but what, and a bunch of others. One of the things that hits me, or one of the qualities that hit me is charisma. What do you mean by charisma? So charisma, I look at the charisma as your ability to be magnetic, and, uh, and that is a way that you will attract the right people and circumstances to your life. So when I say charisma, what is, a, what is something that makes you charismatic? I believe that it is the ability to like really listen intently. Uh, to another person. And when, when you are really listening and you really understand and that other person on the other end of that really feels like, oh my God, she really gets me or he really gets me. That is such a magnetic trait. You want to be around that person. That is something that really, really makes that person feel so good and so confident, so comfortable in your presence. So that is a charisma that I believe is irre irreplaceable. I mean, you, you absolutely have to 
um, you know, be with and be present with other people. And, and so it's, it's a, it's a presence that you have ultimately. See, Jim, I told you it didn't mean you had to wear corduroy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I can buy corduroy anymore. <laughs> um, so we've got other, we've got other qualities that I'd love to get into, but, um, I'm not sure time-wise. Let let me ask you some techniques that you suggest sure. um, to utilize the the power of of um, the law of attraction. Um, what are your What are some of your favorites? So number one is meditation. That is above all. I mean, and well, I'm gonna. I shouldn't say number one because there's. <laughs> <laughs> then I, immediately I'm like thinking about hypnosis, of course, which is my first love. But the, the combination of these two are so powerful. So when I say meditation, that is a listening. And I, I strongly recommend that, I mean, whether it's a minute or five minutes or 15 minutes or however long you can, you can take on that habit consistently every day for, take time to really uh, meditate. And what I say by meditation is we have all these, you know, tens of thousands of thoughts that we're constantly contending with on a daily basis. And 70 to 80% of them are negative. And 70 to 80% of them are thoughts that we had yesterday, the repetitive. And 70 to 80% of them are coming from the unconscious. So the only way to really get control of your life is to be able to get control of your thinking. And the way that you control your thinking is you sit and you listen and you say, I'm going to focus on just my breathing for the next five minutes or 10 minutes. And then what's going to happen is you're going to hear one of those thoughts and it's going to try to take you. It's like a little dog that's got to go and smell everything, right? You know, and it's going to try to take you um, over there. And what you want to do is you want to basically say, nope, we're right here without any feelings of uh, irritation or, or uh, annoyance whatsoever. You just want to take your thought, put it back on your breath. And that is all meditation is. People say, I don't know how to meditate. It's literally just, just wrestling with your thoughts, ultimately. <laughs> it's saying, okay, thought, come back over here to the breath. Come back to the breath. Come back to the breath. And what you will notice by that is um, you are much more in, in charge and in control over, over your thinking. So that's number one is meditation getting control of those thoughts. And, you know, my other favorite technique is doing self-hypnosis. Now, there, how I distinguish meditation from self-hypnosis, self-hypnosis or hypnosis, listening to meditation recordings, is ultimately reprogramming the subconscious mind for the thoughts and the suggestions and the beliefs that you want to put in there instead, because, you know, there's no real way to make a permanent change um, without changing the subconscious. You can change the subconscious without hypnosis by having some like major emotional event take place. Bang. That just changes you instantly. You can change it by getting into a new habit, but you've got to work against the powerful subconscious mind to get into that habit in the first place. So the quickest way really to, uh, and the, the way that you actually have a little bit more control over 
is by reprogramming your subconscious mind doing self-hypnosis. So those are two of my favorite techniques. There's definitely more in the book and more that we're going to be doing in my workshops. And so, yeah, those are, those are the two biggies though. Awesome. So when you say prepare to receive, which is another one of your techniques, what does that mean? So we want to, the mind is going to deliver us or, you know, law of attraction is going to deliver us what we expect is going to happen. So a lot of times we will put something out there that we want to attract manifest and, but we're, we don't really believe that it's going to happen and we're not even doing anything to, to make, to, to make room for that to happen in our lives. So I would, I say like, for example, if you are wanting to manifest, say your soulmate, well, do you have room in your closet? Do you have room in your bathroom? Do you have room in your bed? Um, is there a place set up at the dinner table where this person could join you for dinner? So that would be one way that you could prepare to receive or you know, say that you are wanting to manifest a new job and this job is going to require you to wear certain style of clothing. Well, do you have those clothes? Have you... You know, so you really want to start to move toward and act and, and create the possibility by literally taking physical actions and moving certain energies and things around to make room for those things to show up in your life. Awesome. Well, I've been accused of logoria, um, which is my word of the day today. <laughs> logoria. In my email. In my email. <laughs> uncontrollable talkativeness. <laughs> I'm afraid I'm going to have to wind things up here, although I could talk to you, maybe we'll, we'll be able to have you back. Now I know what to call those people. I got a pretty longeria <laughs> email this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, Victoria. It's been a pleasure to have you. You can find out more about Victoria Gallagher at victoriagallagher.com. Check no, out- No, no, Vic oh. uh, no. <laughs> VictoriaMGallagher.com. VictoriaMGallagher.com. Uh, Victoria Gallagher wouldn't give up her domain. <laughs> oh, well, you know. <laughs> too stubborn. VictoriaMGallagher.com. <laughs> Check out her book, Practical Law of Attraction, Align Yourself with the Manifesting Conditions and successfully attract your desires. Listen to her podcast, The Power of Your Mind. Take her courses, she's awesome. Um, for more great information about Raymont, go to raymontanderson.com. I've got premium video courses from amazing instructors on spirituality, creativity, and motivation on my website called youthrivehere.com. Thanks everybody, we'll talk with you next time on Big Universe on Unity Online Radio. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. 
On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify.